Climbers, there are three kinds of artists. Hobbyists, artists who need to make a living doing their art. And I'll tell you about the third kind during this episode. Spoiler alert, you may not like it. Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. That is the new music business. The good news is you don't need anybody's permission to create an audience, make a bunch of traffic, and make a bunch of money. The bad news is you're not going to get any help from anybody else. you got to do it yourself. They're not just going to come and pluck you out of obscurity and throw you up on a billboard and turn you into a millionaire overnight, okay? So that's why we called it the climb. You're going to need leverage, creating leverage in the music business, C-L-I-M-B. See what we did there? See what we did there? Are you, are you sliding in what we're what we're putting down? <laughs> <laughs> I have to think of other ways to say that, but I won't. Are you stepping in what I? Yeah, you're slipping so, in what uh, I. Rounds kind of a slip. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so listen, that's a Baxter name, the climb. It's from my good friend and co-host, Mister Brent Baxter, who's also a hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Got two number ones last year, and what I love about Brent is he teaches up and coming writers here how to write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then he regularly gets you in touch with the pros so you can create relationships and climb up that ladder. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. Now I'd like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. If that sounds complicated, worry not. Johnny is smart. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, because there is no other Johnny D. What's happening, brother? Just digging out of winter weather land and all that good stuff. So at the time of this recording, it is very, very snowy outside. Yeah, it's snowing harder now than it was the last episode we just recorded. Like, it's getting more snow. <laughs> well, you think it's getting deep there. Wait national. till we get into today's topic. <laughs> That's right. So listen, right. what I want to cover today is a couple weeks ago, we had Lindsay Kirkendall on the show. Yep. And we were just talking about running a business. And we got in there and she brought something up that was like, you know, if you don't have a promo budget for a business, then you don't have a business. Right. And yeah, so we're going to dig long. down into that a little bit more because I think we confuse art with business and some people get pissed off when you intersect art and business. Oh, yeah. So we're going to go down that hole. But before we do that and get ready for that, we got a new um, a new review, a new review. But before we get to that, let's just tell everybody, hey, join the climb community. We'll take care of some business. Let, let's back up. Let's just say shout out to American <laughs> Songwriter Magazine's podcast network because we love being one of the flagship shows on that podcast network. And if you knew of us before we went to the podcast network, man, go to the network. There's some other great shows there. And if you found us on the podcast network, then welcome to the clan. <laughs> That's right. We love our folks over at American Songwriter. That's right. So come on over and join us at the Climb community as well on Facebook. This is a thriving community. It's growing every single week. And, I mean, we've got songwriters international songwriters hooking up creating songs having success people talking about different promo techniques and and social media hacks and the things you know helping each other with the tools 
that we need to have down to be successful in today's music industry. And it's a place where we allow you to come in and talk about your wins, too. What's happening, right? That's right. Speaking of that, every Wednesday we do new heights because it's climb, it's on theme. You know how we are. So we encourage you to share your music-related wins for the week, big or small. We love them all because we love our climbers. And so I wanted to share a couple of those. Let's see. June Biancala, Biancala, maybe. Sorry, June. I got June right. She's probably like, no, it's Jun. But anyway, June released a punk rock song that was picked up on two Spotify playlists and one YouTube playlist. So congratulations, June. Boom. Congrats. Yes. Our buddy, Paul DeMarco, you never heard of him before. Uh, Paul DeMarco, he says, <laughs> Paul comes up a lot. We love Paul. So found out my co-writer and myself have holds on four songs for major sporting events. I want to hear more about that, Paul. Oh, and a song on the reserve list for Brent's pitch to publisher night with Butch Baker. So yeah, that's right. Paul had one of the songs that was on hold. He wrote Bill O'Hanlon, I believe, and somebody else, maybe, uh, oh, Midnight Mama. I can't remember her name. I just remember her email. Anyway, so <laughs> LeBlanc, Lucy LeBlanc, I think they wrote this song called I'm, We Are Fragile, and it's it ain't fragile, it's strong. And so uh, nice. we got that coming up. Yep. And let's see, Roger, uh, I don't know if it's Fournier or Fournier, but uh, he's been around quite a bit lately in the Songwriting Pro community. He says, I had my first song review in 2021 by NSAI for a song I wrote called Time Flies, common title, but overall well-written, and he listed below. So I think it was a good review. Uh, second, I had one of my songs in the truck. That's the name of it. In the truck, put on hold. Thanks to songwriting pro with Brent Baxter, who wants us to win. I do want you to win. So that's also, yeah, that's also with the Butch Baker event. Uh, so we did the top 10 and then on hold. And so Paul and Roger both have songs on hold for that. So I'll be passing those along to hit music publisher, Butch Baker on Monday night, actually at the time of this recording. So, uh, Yes, third, glad to be part of such professional members of this group who have a passion for writing songs. So, bingo. No, I, bingo. I got a big win. I haven't put it in the climb community yet, but I'm going to share it now. I forgot to tell Dude, you what? This. I am doing a talk at NSAI. Like an oh, online sweet. talk thing. Yeah, so I was talking with um, the lady over there. I'm forgetting her name. Dang it. But uh, – my friend Lorelai, who's a songwriter, I'm like, you need to go do a talk at NSAI. I'm like, well, who would I talk to? You know, and she's yeah. like, I'm going to hook this up for you. And then lo and behold, we had a phone conversation. Thank you, Lorelai Els. Love you. And uh, so we got to set up for March 11th. So That's if awesome. you're a member of NSAI, March 11th, we're going to just get into some music business stuff and have a big group of people over there. So I'm pretty excited about that. Actually. That's great. Shout you out know, to I, NSAI. Yeah, we love NSAI and and, and uh, Art Herbison, and they've been very, very good to me over the years. So we we love NSAI. They do a lot of fighting for for songwriters, man. That's right. Oh, so. and leave a rating and review if you haven't done so already. We got a new one, right? We do. Let me pull it up here. So this one is by B Hacker, which I happen to know is Brad Hacker. Thank you, Brad. I've actually been writing with Brad a little bit. So uh, he's a climber, and that's um, discovered him through the community. So it's a five-star review. I did not make him do this review. Okay, by the way. So I just found it. So (laughs) this class is in session, five stars. I listen to several songwriting podcasts. Many of them interview artists and songwriters, and they are very valuable in that there is usually a nugget or value bomb coming. You just have to wait for it. With the climb, class is always in session from the word go. There's no waiting, and the podcast seems to be designed that way. People pay money for the lessons and information that Brent and Johnny give away, not only for songwriters, but also artists looking to get their product out there and grow their fan base. Dude, Brad, thank you so much. That's a tasty five-star review. 
and we appreciate you. Yes, sir. I love it. Okay. And finally, hey, man, if we're attracting this much of your time, first of all, we are grateful. We want to thank you for hanging with us for all these episodes that we put out. It means the world to us, believe us, but man, tell somebody about it. Uh Let somebody else know that, hey, I'm getting some value out of this. I'm learning stuff here. And this episode, maybe it's one episode. You're like, check out. This episode right here, this is what you need to listen to. You're going to dig it. You know, that's, yeah, just make sure it's one of mine. <laughs> no, even, even episodes. <laughs> even episodes. So let's get into this. Um, oh, by the way, real quick, real quick. So speaking of Brad, so he brought me in on this song that he and Patrick Adams and Chris Tescaro, who are all climbers, uh, had started. They brought me in on it. And cool tune. I just listened to another version of it, uh, another work tape on it before we hopped on this. But Anyway, they brought this title and, and a version of it. And I was like, dude, I, I just, I'm just not sure if this angle is the best thing for this title. I just think it's you know, just too done. You know, honestly, you know, I'm not doing you any favors if I go help you write this song and it's not as cool as it could be. And you know what Patrick said? So can we do a song title challenge on it? Can we song title challenge this? I was like, yes, we can. <laughs> Let's give us a little SDC on it, man. Hey, you know me? You down with SDC? Hey, you know me? <laughs> yeah, you know me? <laughs> so anyway, so that was fun. So we did. We song title challenge that bad boy. And uh, by the end of the night, everybody was much happier with it. So, hey, man, we do this stuff. It ain't just for the show. That's right. We practice what we preach. I love That's it. That's right. Anyway, sorry, Johnny. Continue. No, that's right. So there's three kinds of artists, Brent. Mm-hmm. First kind of artists are hobbyists, right? Mm-hmm. And these are creatives with an itch to scratch, an artistic itch to scratch. They enjoy making music as a passion and as a hobby, but they have other priorities, right? Yeah. Other than the music thing. The music's like their side hustle. And, you know, if it creates any revenue at all, it's a side hustle, but it's something that they do for their soul, right? And they, yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Maybe they got a decent job and they don't need to make any money on their mm-hmm. music gig. And yeah, it's very cool. Nothing wrong with that, right? That's right. Then there's artists, you know, who make a living or who want to make a living or who need to make a living or who have to make a living doing their art. <laughs> yes. Right. I mean, when I was an artist, that was me. There was no plan B. Plan B was for suckers. I mean, we're like, we're going to, you know, the band went right along with me and never looked back and never had one complaint. But I'm not sure they were completely aware that we burned the ships before we stormed the island. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Or they were burning while we stormed the island, so to speak. Um, So maybe these artists are like this because they can't do anything else. Mm -hmm. Right. I know a few artists like this. I mean, they can't do anything else but be an artist right <laughs> like i wouldn't let these artists and i'm speaking from love but still two things can be true at the same time i can absolutely love them and care for them as a friend and i would not ever let them like make me campbell soup because they would screw it up yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with music uh-uh stay away right power tools and appointment books out of their hands yes that's, that's right yeah and you know to make a living you have to be open for business right oh yeah and doing commerce and creating income. That's the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like that's the, oh, there's a lot of different ways to make that happen, but you can't be against money and make a living as an artist. Listen, the only way you can, you can survive and never be open is if you're a government agency. That's right. That's the that's only right. way that, cause I've been trying to, I was trying to do a passport recently because uh-huh. we got a trip coming up and uh, so my kids, mine's good, but I had to go get my kids. And uh, 
you know, you go by the one place and they're like, oh, you got to go over here. You know, it's, oh, we don't do it at the post office here. You got to go over to this other office around the corner. Okay. So Ren and I go walk because we're getting a passport for Ren, his first U.S. passport. Woo! We like that a lot better than his Chinese one. And <laughs> yeah. although we may keep a hand on that just in case they run the world, we're like, hello, can we be on your <laughs> But anyway, so we go across <laughs> and it's like four o'clock because he had to get out of school, right? Because the boy goes to school. We walk in and they're like, oh, we stopped processing those at three. Ah. <sighs> Can you come uh, back on? I'm like, can you come back on Monday? I'm like, yes. Big old snowstorm. School was out. Let's go. School's out. Uh, you know what? The roads are okay. Let's go. We can get there. Let's go. I dragged the whole family there because we're going to do Aussies too, get his renewed. Get there. You know what? Nah, they're on snow day. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. son, welcome to America. Anytime you need anything government related, you will make at least three trips. Yeah, Wait till right. you get to the DMV. <laughs> anyway, so the only way you can be open to survive and not never be open for business is if uh, you're government. Anyway, that's right. Sorry. That's oh, right. I needed to exercise that demon. Thank you. I feel much better now. Yeah, you, I hope you feel better. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I need. So to make a living, like we said, you got to be open for business. You got to be doing commerce, and you got to be creating income. And as a musician, that would be like streaming revenue, ticket sales, merch sales, product sales, publishing revenue, traffic revenue from online traffic, live gig revenue, right? Influencer marketing revenue. And for those of you starting out, like side hustle revenue. Oh, yeah. Right. When I started Daredouble, we weren't making enough money to support me. Mm -hmm. But the goal. Johnny has needs. The, the goal, yeah. I mean, you know, the goal was to get the company going, to get the business going. So I had a side hustle. I mean, I drove for Uber for 18 months, mm -hmm. right? And it was perfect for me, this particular gig, because I could work on the weekends. I'd work from like six at night until three in the morning on Friday, and from six at night until three in the morning on Saturday. I'd take a two-hour nap and wake up. Sunday morning at five and just do nothing but airport runs of banged up bachelorettes, man. <laughs> and do four or five of those by noon. And I would make, at the time, I'd make like seven to 900 bucks, maybe a thousand bucks a week. Do it on the side, but I could hop off the app whenever I wanted. So if some random artist came through town or I had some appointment, I could make that happen, right? I could do it that way. It was very, very flexible. Mm -hmm. And I did that until I didn't need to do it anymore. But it was all about getting the business going as opposed to the business was my side hustle, right? right. That's where the focus was. The third kind of artist is the worst kind of artist. And can you guess what kind of artist that is, Brent? Uh, I'm trying to think of, oh, I'm trying to think of a backstreet name on the fly. I don't know. Artist in name only, but I don't know what that word is. <laughs> yeah. It's like the artist who runs their artist business. I put air quotes around that as if it's a hobby Yeah, that doesn't require revenue. So they put minimal time into it, minimal effort, right? Minimal, mm -hmm. in, if any investment, minimal planning, and then complain that they can't make a living being an artist. Oh, it's right? the Kevin Costner artist. Yeah, the that's right. yeah, that's right. And should, I build my music. It should just, they should come now, right? They should come. There you go. All right. They bitch about the closed club. You know, it's hard to get in. They bitch about a streaming revenue is impossible to live on as if they would be making more revenue on the radio. If before streaming, right? As if they ever were on the radio. Right. I mean, I'll entertain a streaming revenue sucks conversation with my hit songwriter friends like you. Yeah. Or a former artist, right? They know the difference, but you don't. 
So let's just put this into perspective. If you're an artist and you've never been on the radio before and you haven't had hit songs, then you need to calm down because whatever pennies that you're making are pennies that you never had before from your music Mm -hmm. because you couldn't get it on a platform, right? I'm also thinking of your excuse maker guy here Uh, right now. I'm thinking of artists who are still trying to play the old game, the game where you make a crappy demo and you got a record deal because you were lucky and it was 1987 and you were handsome. And then you somehow lucked out into joining a club, the signed artists club where 95% of the members lose money. A club where 97% of the members' brands never see the light of day because they can't get on the radio because of the tyranny of space. Each station only has 2,016 spins a week, and they're only spinning 25 to 40 songs per week, and you're not going to get in it. So the question is, are you open for business? First and foremost, are you open for business. If you're trying to make a living doing this, you have to be open for business. And there's a lot of effort and a lot of work that goes into that. Oh my God. I found So side note here, mm-hmm. you know, blue Foley. Yeah, man. I've written with blue. Yeah. Okay. So blue, man, we just, we're great friends and you know, he's real tight with Ray Hamilton from some uh-huh. replacement pros. And we cohabitate the second office up on the third floor there at the old basement building. And blue man, he's always throwing, it's embarrassing how much blue talks me up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he loves me. And you, if you know blue, when he talks you up, he talks you up. He is a season of level of positivity. Yeah, just just a volcano of positivity. And so he connects me just via text with this company that he's going to do some work with. And they're somehow kind of involved in doing some online stuff. And they're desperate for some digital marketing expertise, right? They're trying to figure out how to do this. And so hopefully I'm going to be able to help them out. So I have this wonderful conversation with this woman. Her name was Krista. And I send her to my website. Right now, mm-hmm. my website broke about a week and a half ago. Okay, oh, I, got a, I saw that in the Clive community. Someone was like, "I want to find you," but I, it's broke. Uh, yeah, and it broke, and it broke like a week and a half ago. It was like some PHP thing. I updated some plugins, and it broke so bad, like I couldn't get in on the back of it. Ooh. I couldn't get into my own website. Dude, don't, so you're gonna, I gotta me, call. you're gonna give me the gold clammies. Don't don't talk to me about that kind of stuff. That's nightmare fuel. Oh, it's night. Well, so yeah. So everything stops. Record scratch. Yeah. Drop everything. I'm on the phone with GoDaddy. Hey, we got to fix this. Boom, boom, boom. They get it fixed. I've got a meeting coming up. So all of a sudden, I get into the back end of my site again. Great. I go click on the homepage. It's it's all working great. And then a couple of days go by. Blue hooks me up with this opportunity. I send Krista a link to look at us. I think what you saw in the client community, because if it was recent, like last night or yesterday. It was like yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So God bless this girl, Nancy, who's trying to track me down, hits me up on Facebook. She's like, hey, I'm trying to reach you with some business, but your contact thing isn't working on daredevilproduction.com. So I go to daredevilproduction.com and I go click on the content. Well, damn, if it ain't, it ain't working. Uh, And then I click on one other page other than my homepage, 404 error. The next uh, page, 404, 404, 404. I'm like, holy crap, nothing's working but the homepage. And I sent this to a business. uh, Oh my God, right? uh, So embarrassing. The number of the beast is not 666, it's 404. 
That's right. Business exactly. owner. If you're an online business owner, that's the mark of the devil. That's the number of the beast right there. Oh my God. So last night, like 10 o'clock, I'm on the phone again with GoDaddy and we finally figured it out and got it straightened out. So shout out to Nancy for saving my butt. Appreciate you there. And Thank then you. I texted Krista and I'm like, Krista, I'm so embarrassed. I didn't know all these pages were broken. I thought this was taken care of. And I sent her another link. She goes, I was wondering what was going on. I'll take a look at it. But you know what? probably lost that opportunity, right? But this is being open for business, right? It comes with these nightmares. Guess what? Oh, yeah. That's part of the deal. Yeah. First and foremost, you can't be open for business for no money and no effort. Right. You can't get hired by a business for no money and no effort. You can't graduate from college with a degree in architecture, spend zero money on the tools required to be an architect, like computer software, pencils, draft tables, lights, a blueprint printer, cardboard tubes to carry the blueprint in, etc. Spend zero money on the required licenses and bonds that architects need. Do zero work in terms of putting a resume together to maybe get you hired at another company if you're not starting your own. Or do zero networking to meet companies that can hire you or potential customers that could hire you and then claim to the world that you're open for business as an architect. Right. Because you like architecture. <laughs> you're like George Costanza. I'm a marine biologist, Vandalay Industries. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you're not open for business. You're high. Okay. <laughs> you're high. If you think that's open for business straight up. And being open for business requires a time investment on the business, not just the product. Mm -hmm. Being open for business requires a money investment on the business, not just the product or the tools to make the product. Uh-oh. Now we're talking about investment. Yeah. If you can't afford to invest in like khaki pants and a golf shirt to meet the dress code requirements at the, the cubicle prairie dog and company that will give you a paycheck, <laughs> you're not open for business. Yeah. If you can't make the effort to go down there every day and show up and do whatever it is they require of you in those khaki pants and that black golf shirt, then you're not open for business. Donnie, listen, dude, I am open for business. If you had any idea how much I've invested in guitars, yeah, you would know. Exactly. That and you're a guitar I owner. am not scared to spend money. <laughs> you're a guitar on my owner. Business. That's right. <laughs> What's your right. business? Owning guitars. Yeah. And it's not fair to denigrate the company that won't hire you because you don't meet the dress code. Right. right? It's not hard to get a corporate gig, but you do got to play the role mm -hmm. and you must invest in yourself to meet their requirements. True this story. amount of time and you got to wear these clothes. Okay, and you got to deal with that a hole who's your boss. Mm -hmm. If you can't afford to invest time and money into your own business, then you don't have a business, and you're never going to have a business. So I'm speaking to the people who who want to make a living doing this. Okay, and if that's the case, something's got to change. Something must change, or you're the first kind of artist, which mm -hmm. is fine. You're a hobbyist. Yeah, that's cool. Perfectly cool. Don't confuse the two. So now here's the next question. How, and you just touched on this, Brent, how are you investing? Uh-oh. <laughs> right? Like how yeah. silly would it be to start a construction business, your own little company, right? And you spend all your money investing in every different kind of badass electric drill 
You got them all, right? Every mm-hmm. air-powered nail gun, man, you got it. Brand new in the box. All the tool belts, all the different kinds of rotary saws, yes. with the best blades from every manufacturer, and every different make a ladder, and the coolest five, ten different kinds of shop vacs, and you're like the only person. <laughs> yeah. Where's the work coming from, right? Where's the revenue coming from? How silly would it be to start a lawn care business and you blow all your money owning every kind of lawnmower made by man, but you got no revenue, mm-hmm. right? No green. The only green you're going to see is some grass. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So now you have like all these tools, but you're broke or worse, you're making payments to own all these tools. Oh, yeah. That are never used because you have no customers. And mm-hmm. so you play with them and you cherish them, you know, like Nigel. I play them and I cherish them. But if you're making <laughs> payments, you just created overhead on a business that doesn't have any revenue. Yeah. Right. And the best business lesson I ever learned was from a Chinese billionaire. You know, sales are a fantasy. Overhead is a reality. <laughs> sales so are true. a fantasy. Overhead is a reality. Right. And so how crazy would it sound to tell people like your wife or your husband, you know, your significant other, maybe your parents, your kids, your best friends, that you're starting a lawn care business and it's tough to get in because you don't have a lawnmower, a weed whacker, a shovel or a rake, and you don't have all these tools because you can't afford to spend money on them. And you don't want to spend money on them because you need to save that money for your next vacation or that bag of weed or a, that cup of coffee at Starbucks. Right. Right. And you can't spend money on them because you got bills. Mm-hmm. I got news for you. You're always going to have bills. Yeah. Everybody's got bills. Everybody. What if your dear friend came to you and said they, they were desperately want to start a car detailing business, but they can't because they got bills and they don't have the time. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what would you say to them? You'd say, well, you really don't have a car detailing business. Right. And we all got the same 24 hours in a day. I mean, these seem silly, right? Well, how about this? Let's say your friend's Johnny, Johnny D. Mm-hmm. And let's say Lucky you want to start stole. a bicycle. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, let's say you want to start a bicycle repair business. And let's say you invested in all these tools and, and you can fix any bike out there, but you stop on the dream of owning your own bicycle repair business because you can't afford a storefront, like a brick and mortar building mm-hmm. to put your shop into. So you got all these tools, but no place to use them. Dream over. And then you talk to your buddy, Johnny, and he asks you a question like this. Hey, do you have to have a brick and mortar storefront to fix bikes? And you say, no, holy crap. I can start out fixing bikes in my garage. So screw it. Mm-hmm. I can work my way up to a store, right? You're all excited. And then you take all your tools and you put them in your garage and you open the garage door and you wait for the customers to come flying in oh, and nothing man. happens. And so you get a little desperate, right? You call a few friends. You tell them, hey, uh, I'm fixing bikes now. I got this new business. And you know, do you need any work done on your bikes? And they say yes. And you're like, awesome. And they bring you their bikes and you fix them and they pay you. And then all your friends' bikes are fixed. Now what? So you I'm sit a, there. I need bad friends. Waiting. Yeah. yeah. And a tumbleweed blows by, you know, your front door, right? <laughs> that you fix bikes uh your friends who already have nice bikes that you just fixed <laughs> that's right and they got a couple right friends now. and maybe you'll get one from them maybe but maybe not i mean they're not you know they don't keep seeing you maybe they need to get their bikes fixed but they don't they forget the conversation mm-hmm. and where else are they going to be reminded of that 
And then your friend Johnny says, hey, man, like, what's your advertising budget? And you answer, what? I don't have an advertising budget. I don't like sales. It's gross and it's embarrassing. I feel slimy, kind of. And besides, I spent the rest of my money on this weed right here and this killer (laughs) $5,000 machine that helps me fix bikes in this new computer that will help me run all the software that I need to keep track of the money. What money? What money? The money you just spent? On that machine and that weed. All right. Are you keeping track of the money you spend in the weed, by the way? Like, I don't think so, right? Where's that revenue going to come from? How does this make sense? How are you investing in your business? Do you view investing in your business as spending money you don't have or investing in the future? I've told this story before, but because digital advertising is so much more than just creating commercials and putting it on a digital platform. It has to be geared to be able to pop out of a a Facebook feed when you're Mm -hmm. zipping past it with your thing. It has to be geared towards the digital platforms that we're going to use to capture that information when we when we move them with the ad and they're like oh my god i love this click i want to go see that webinar click i want to get that free download click i want where's they clicking to like we've got to make sure that it's all geared to drive traffic in the right way so i invested more than ten thousand dollars in camera gear Lighting, camera, Mm -hmm. all this stuff so that I can do this for my clients, so that I can control the content, so that I don't have to fail at digital marketing because I got some great videographer making me a TV commercial that I'm supposed to make that work on Facebook. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. My Facebook ad story, when I took that course and went to that live event to learn how to do these Facebook ads, man, I was as broke as I've ever been. And by the way, completely effing terrified. (laughs) Terrified. Okay. This is the dumbest thing I've ever done, but I'm going to do it because I don't see another way out of this. I've got to get into this because this thing isn't making me enough money. Yeah. And this isn't really where the business was headed. I can be of more service. I can serve my artists better and my corporate clients better if I know how to do this. So I'm going to go spend money I don't have to learn how to do this. And guess what? The Facebook ads, that whole thing paid for itself in 90 days. Guess what? The money I charge to make the video, because that's an extra charge. Yeah. to, To make the video content, that paid for itself in about 120 days. Nice. Maybe it was 180 days. Terrifying investment. That's a lot of money to spend. Yeah. I spent on the whole Facebook ads thing with paid coaching and all that crap. I mean, I'm easily five grand into that. Yeah. Okay. So if you don't have a promo budget for your music, you don't have a budget. You don't have a business, period. Not if you're trying to be an indie artist and you're trying to get your music out there. Now, maybe you got cash flow coming in from touring. Awesome. And you're getting in front of new eyeballs that way. That's cool. Artists do that. Anthony Oreo does it, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. We know a lot of people who do it. But unless you're spending money to get in front of new eyeballs, you're not going to do it. It's not going to happen for free. It's not going to happen by itself. There's only so much you can even do with blood, sweat, and tears. There's only so far you can go before you're going to need to get in front of some new eyeballs. But you're going to need some revenue, some hustle, and to get your art in front of new eyeballs. 
And that hustle, I mean, Anthony's done a hell of a job doing that organically. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. And there's a lot of artists out there like the Nick Hickman, same thing. He's just working, but he didn't just decide, I'm going to start touring. And then he was doing 200 dates tomorrow. <laughs> right. I mean, there's a lot of heartache, a lot of setbacks. That was a lot of effort to build that up. And a lot of understanding his market and catering to the market. Here, Do you want to hear these songs? This is what we're going to play for you. Yeah. And making sure they get paid. So you have enough tools. Now you've got to really focus every penny of investment on promo. Mm-hmm. that's what you got to do because if you don't do that you're not going to get in front of new eyeballs one more guitar that new plug-in that is fun in the sandbox to play with is that going to make you revenue because if right. it don't make dollars it don't make sense if you got if you want to be professional you got to be professional randy barber from barfrog music and i dear friend of mine we've worked on a bunch of different projects together and the first thing we always talk about is let's get this artist open for business. Yeah. So how do we get open for business? Well, you're going to need a website. You're going to need a website. That's your storefront. Believe it or not, website's going to cost you money. What? Even if you do it your damn self, it's going to cost you money because you've got to put it on a host server. You've got to pay for the domain. You've got to pay for the hosting. You're going to have to pay to fix the crap like I had to <laughs> when the whole thing shuts down. But that's your storefront and it's got to be done right. And so you're going to have to either spend a little money to learn how to do it and a lot of time or get somebody else to do it, but you've got to have a website. Yep. Okay. And it's extremely low overhead compared to storefront space. Oh, yeah. You know, you better have a store in your website. Why wouldn't you have a store? Well, Johnny, I can't afford to stock that store and buy all these T-shirts and these hats and all these things, blah, 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 Ooh, blah. Oh, I got blah. good news for you. 
how do I get around that? Yeah, well, there's a, now we're asking the right questions. Yeah. How do, we, how do we get product up there that maybe we can't afford to pay for right now? How about Teespring, right? How about mm. there's a million just-in-time manufacturers and just-in-time shippers. You can't swing a dead cat around Spotify without hitting 100 of them. <laughs> now, maybe you're not going to make as much money, but it's not costing anything to make it. You don't have to take a big risk up front, mm-hmm. right? A lot of these, a lot of these just-in-time manufacturers and just-in-time shippers have plugins that'll fit right in your website. Beautiful. What about your payment gateway? How you taking money? Cash after the show. You better have that. <laughs> yeah, you better have that. How's that working these you days? Know, how are you going to accept payments? Merchandise. If you're playing gigs, what's your crowd look like? I'm going to talk about Lonely Highway. I love Lonely Highway. Mm-hmm. Love these guys. They, they're killer. But they're, they're a bar band back in the day, right? They're just, they're playing music. They're having fun. They're doing this. Nobody's thinking about it like a business. Right. Okay. So they're down in Jacksonville and they got a pretty good crowd. I mean, they probably got on a bad night, 75 people will show up. On a good night, it's going to be more like 200. Mm-hmm. And so they got a nice audience there. Well, we bring them up from Florida. Randy and I do. And we put them on Broadway. We're working on their record. And just listen to that record again, by the way. That's a badass record, dude. I can't wait till we can release this thing. But I'm <laughs> really proud of my co-production. I know. Experience. I'm ready for them to get done with this one so I can get on the next one. I didn't <laughs> I know. know them for this one. But I've heard some yeah. cool songs with them. Yeah, dude. It, yeah. And, I mean, hopefully that's happening right now. They're making money down in Florida because that's the only place you can make money in the music industry. It there seems you go. Like. So we bring them up here and then it's time for them to go home and, and they really want to do a hometown show. Mm-hmm. And so two things happen. Number one, thinking about it like a business. How many times have Brent and I said this? He or she who owns the traffic rules the road. Mm-hmm. So do we mean that in a digital sense? Yes. I think usually that's the context that we're talking about it in. But also talking about bar traffic, man, venue traffic. When you have the traffic, You've got leverage. Mm-hmm. You can negotiate, but you just got to know that you have leverage and you got to know how to negotiate and you got to be willing to do it. Yeah. You got to put that effort into flexing that muscle because this is not about the music now. This is about the business. Yeah. Right. And so we send them down there. Now, normally at their hometown bar, which is a dump, okay, <laughs> they're getting 1200 bucks a night there before they come up to Nashville. And there's this other place that was on like this campground type of thing. And they would get like 600 bucks a night there. And they had like their own PA system. Okay. So they invested in a way to keep their overhead low, right? They're mm-hmm. not having to rent that, which is cool. And they got a trailer to haul it in and they got a truck and the whole deal. So they made that much investment. So guess what I did? I just called down. Everybody's like, keeps emailing me. Hey, when are the Lonely Highway Boys coming down? Like, we want to have them back. We want to have them back. I just told them no for the first couple times, right? I mm. love the word no. The word no is awesome. That's a be- <laughs> that's the greatest negotiation tool in the world. Yeah. Putting people on hold, love to do that too. When they want something from me, you're going to hold. <laughs> and so, yeah, hold on. Let me let me just see what's happening here. I'll leave my hold for a couple minutes. Hey, you still there? Yeah, okay, awesome. Here's what we're going to do. We're trying to put together a weekend, but listen, the price of poker went up. I mean, they've been gone for a little while. Lots of people want to come out and see them. This is me talking to the hometown bar, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to need a guarantee of 2500 bucks for the night, and we're going to need an opener. They're going to play two sets, not three. Wait, 
well, I can't, how am I going to afford that with a $5 cover charge? I said, charge 10. She goes, you think we can get that? I'm like, let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> how bad do you want them? You know? Yeah. And she goes, okay, I'll do that. And then the, the next night we're booking the next night. And that's that place that's in the campground thing. It's like, I don't know, two hours South and they normally get 600. And I'm like, I'm going to need, I'm going to need two grand for that. They didn't even flinch. Like, okay, you know what? They've been making so much money off them, right? For mm -hmm. so long that they didn't even bat an eye because they knew they're just waiting for them to come and ask them. But nobody came and asked. Nobody came and asked, yeah. you know? And it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, because they're, they're going to put a crowd in there and the crowd loves them. And these people make money off of that. And by the way, in the bar scene, you have no idea how much those bars make on the cocktails. Okay, like you got to factor that in. They're going to try to talk to you just about the door, but it's not just about the door. They make a boatload of money on drinks. Yeah. You know, even your average crap hole town bar that might could fit 200 people in it, they're making tens of thousands of dollars of profit on cocktails. Okay. You know why most people own bars like that? Because they launder money through it on the drugs that they sell. <laughs> That's a fact. That's I've a seen fact. Roadhouse. Yes, it's, it's, that's what goes on because there's so much money that's being made. It costs them a quarter to pour that cocktail and you're paying five bucks for it. Do the math. So you have to factor that in when you're negotiating with these bars and you're trying to run your business. So I said 2,500. Then before we go down there, I, the boys never had any merch. And Randy's like, wait, get you guys, why don't you have any merch? Well, you know, we just have, could never afford it. We didn't want to spend the money on it. We're like, what the hell? So we went and bought merch. We bought 144 shirts. Because that's where the break was, I'm sure. That's where the price break was. And we sent them down there for two nights, right? The crap hole bar, that's their local bar that we got for $2,500 guarantee. And then the campground place we got for two grand guarantee, 144 shirts. They played both those gigs. They sold out at 10 bucks a pop. Huh. They sold out the bar at twice the price in their hometown and they turned away 80 people at the door because they couldn't get any more in there. And believe me, I know the owner, she's shady AF and <laughs> she probably had 50, 60 more people in there than the fire code would allow right, yeah. for her to turn people away. Like they were way too packed. Yeah. And then they go down to that other place and they kill it. They brought shirts sold out in two nights. They sold out shirts, two night take one weekend, take 7,200 bucks. Gross. Right. That's yeah. just thinking about the business, taking care of the business. I mean, the thing is, and don't think that you can just you can do that on your first gig. They've been doing taking care of the music and the show. Right. Right. But they hadn't been taking care of the business. And look what they've been leaving on the table that they didn't even yeah, know about. That's that's it. What I'm telling you folks, like when you're taking care of your business and you're doing these live gigs, as soon as you can get two shows back to back where you've got a healthy audience there, mm -hmm. now you've got leverage. And you go back and you ask for more money. Okay? And don't be a jerk about it, but be like, man, we love playing here. You know what? We're going to need a better deal. Now, sometimes if you know you're going to bring that crowd in, you can work out a deal versus the door. The second time we sent Lonely Highway back to their hometown bar, we had a $3,000 guarantee versus the door. Mm -hmm. Because I know she made three grand at the damn door. Because there was, I think the capacity was probably 250 and they turned 80 people away. So I'm doing the math at 10 bucks a pop. She, she got the band for free. <laughs> yeah. 
right? Like just based on the cover charge and she made all the bar money. Well, don't be afraid to tap into some of that. And I know there's a lot of artists out there that have healthy draws and they just haven't, they just haven't had the, the thought or the, like maybe the guts or the courage to go mm-hmm. and do this, you know? But yeah, you have to have the crowd. You have to have the crowd. And if it's your crowd, if it's your crowd, like you're not going to really be able to probably do this so much at, it does happen. It, we did it with Lonely Highway on Broadway, but Broadway brings the crowd yeah. in Nashville, right? So that's a little bit different. But if it's your crowd, they're going to go wherever you're going to go. Mm-hmm. And so what other places do you have in town that you can play? Even if it's a place that's smaller where it's not going to be as good as the other place, if they're not playing ball with you, if he's just going to be a jerk, now, that's it. 1200 bucks, that's all. Yeah. You know, charge more money at the gate. No. I know my bar. Okay. Well, we know our crowd. So then don't even say anything. Don't threaten them. Just go across the street. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go to speak, go to the other place and make sure that that bar owner gets all that advertising that you're going to do for that. Cause mm-hmm. it's the word's going to get around town that you're not playing there and you're going to get a call from them. Right. And mm-hmm. they're like, Hey, why aren't you playing here? We're making more money over there. They're doing a better. Oh, I think we can work. I don't know what happened here. Let's just work something out. Oh, well, I mean, we'd rather play your place, but I mean, we got to do what we got to do. Right. Yeah. Just like you got to do what you got to do. So that's called negotiation. Right. And you've got to work that because you've got to think about it as a business and know what your value is as a business. I'll tell you this, another big business lesson I learned, there is plenty of people in your town, even if it's a small podunk town, there are plenty of people in town that will do business your way. You don't have to play the other game. You don't have to play the other game. You can do business your way. Um, How about your paperwork? Have you completed all the paperwork that you need to complete to ensure that every penny of your revenue that you are making on streaming is going to the right place? Ooh, love the paperwork. CD Baby says 90% of you haven't done that correctly. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. And every penny counts, especially in the beginning. Yeah. So instead of bitching about how much you never get paid, you need to take however long it takes. If it takes two hours, if it takes eight hours, if it takes 60 hours, go find out and make damn sure. That every time somebody streams your song, that the money's going to the right place. And if you're not sure, get on support with CD Baby. Get on support with TuneCore. Find out from your aggregate distributor. You know, there's, there's a million free tutorials online mm-hmm. that'll tell you how to do it right. You better make sure you know how to do it. Okay? And don't overlook that. So when you're negotiating, by the way, in the live show thing too, expect them. I'm going to tell you right now, let me save you the suspense. They're going to deny you. They're not good at what they do if they don't say no first. Remember how much I told you I love the word no? Yeah. (laughs) They're going to say no first. Expect them to say no. And then you can start asking questions. Like, hey, let me ask you a question. Last time we played here, I mean, we had 10 bucks at the door. We brought in this many people. So I know we made it the door, but what'd you make buying a bar? I don't want to tell you. Two business people talking. The answer, the answer isn't important to you. You're just making him think about it or her think about it. The bar owner, because now you're putting a value on what you make. And then the weekend before that, when we didn't play, how much did you make behind the bar? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. When I come in here with, 
with my band, you make more behind the bar. Your bartenders make more. You make more. Everybody's happy. The only problem you got to worry about is if you're going to get busted by the fire department or not. Yeah. It's That's called a high-class problem there, Mr. Bar Owner. You're welcome, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you got to get open for business, guys. Nobody's going to know about you. Nobody's going to find you on Spotify. Even if you got 10 million streams because you got on the right playlist. The discoverability factor of that, the conversion, is so low, it's not going to buy you a new pair of socks, mm-hmm. right? Those streams are, God bless you, for getting on the right playlist, but they don't know who you are. And so Lindsay was right two weeks ago where she's like, you got to think about this as a business. And I don't know why you feel bad about it because you don't feel bad about it when it comes to doing the business of your children. You don't feel bad about cutting somebody's throat if they're mistreating your kids. Right. Right. So how bad do you want it? I mean, you have a set of values that you, that you work off of. And there's some things that are non-negotiable for you. So why is the idea of generating revenue from your art, if you want to make a living at it, why is that somehow negotiable Mm -hmm. with your damn self? (laughs) Right? Yeah. You know, you've got to do the work. You've got to be open for business and figure out how to make that. You start asking the right questions and you're going to figure out the least expensive way to be open for business, but you've got to be open for business. Otherwise, how do you expect anybody in the industry to feel about you? Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, you want somebody from the industry looking at your damn store on the website going, oh, look at what they did here. They're bundling. We need to be bundling, right? We need to, well, well there's some things we need to do. Well, we've already talked about is that a lot of labels, they aren't in the, they're in the business of acquiring businesses. <laughs> you know, your artist business. And so they want to say, oh, he's already doing business. You ever seen Shark Tank? What are your sales? Yeah. What are your sales? Yeah. How much you do last quarter? How much do you project to do this year? I don't care about your idea. Show me. And we're in a world where you can do that. Yes. And that's, you know, that's a perfect example because it is a Shark Tank because that's exactly what's happening. Mm -hmm. They don't give a crap about your song or how well you sing it. Um, because sometimes they're like, oh, we love this product. We love you. You're not ready yet. Yeah. What does that mean? You're not ready yet. It means you're not really doing business yet. You need to, before you're ready for us to come on board, which would be like a label and all those resources, you're not ready yet. Even though we love yes. you, we love the idea. That's a great Don't analogy. That's a great analogy. And sometimes they're like, God, I really love this idea. Like, this is really great, but uh-huh. the universe is just too small. Right? Yeah. This is only going to be bought by this small group of people over here. And that's just not, the return isn't going to be good enough. So it's like better left untouched. It's better left indie, right? Yeah. Than to bring in the big backer on it. So, and so, so no, you're, no, no, you're laying there. Think about this. Okay. Shark Tank is, uh, it's like the only show that I watch pretty much other than some Marvel on Disney plus. So on Friday nights, the kids, you know, we'll put on a movie. It's pizza movie night. We send them into the playroom to watch something. Emily and I finally get, get to chill a little bit after Hazel goes to bed and, uh, and watch a little something. We'll usually watch some shark tank. Uh, it's, it's a great middle ground for both of us because it scratches my entrepreneurial itch and she likes mm-hmm. it too, which is awesome. So anyway, the other night there was this husband and wife team on there. And what they had was this novelty thing called like the potty timer or something. It's like a little hourglass thing. The dumbest little thing, like you send it in the bathroom for your husband. So he doesn't spend 45 minutes in there and lose all feeling in his legs. <laughs> 
And so it's it's like a joke. It's like a novelty thing, like a gag gift kind of thing. And they're like, what is this? I'm like, okay, what are your sales? And they told them the sales like, oh, yeah, we did a quarter million dollars this Christmas, blah, blah, blah. We just don't have advertising. They're like, what? That conversation yeah. got real serious. Like, you're selling a quarter million dollars worth of this crap. They're like, I know, isn't it crazy? And the guy's like, the guy's like, I don't get it. He's like, what world are we living in? He goes, we're living in the world of poop. I don't understand it, but people are eating, buying the crap out of this. And maybe that's like, people don't get my music. Well, you know what? They darn sure get sales. Yes. Everybody gets sales. Everybody understands that. You can shut down any argument about how stupid poison is just talking about their record sales. <laughs> exactly. And that's what it is. Maybe your music, you're like, well, it's different. I don't know if it's just like everything else. You know what? If, if you're making sales, that conversation gets real different. Go prove it. That's right. That's a, that's a great analogy too. Like, wait, like they're just rolling their eyes at this dumb product. How did you even yeah. make it onto the show? Somebody's got to talk to the producers. Somebody needs to be fired here because I don't know. This, this is, is ridiculous. Thing. Right. This wait, you made how much? Quarter million dollars just over Christmas. You know, last quarter of last yeah. year. Yeah, what? we did a ton of we did a buttload at Father's Day. Yeah. Yes. They're like, of okay. Course they did. Yeah, of course they did. Exactly. So they're like, okay, we don't care that this is a dumb product. Probably 150 million American males in here. And how many more across Europe? Now they're looking at the universe and they're like, okay, what's the margin? <laughs> exactly. And you know, it wasn't for every not every shark was like, I want to part some are just like, yeah, it's not really for me. But I think they did a deal. I think if I remember right, they did a deal because you know what? They, they're a business. They're open and, for and business. Way, and what they're were they doing looking it. for? What were they looking for? Because they had the product, right? What were yeah, they, they were for? looking for a backing to do a deal. Basically, they this guy was like, we haven't really been set up on like advertising and that kind of stuff. It's all been like- Advertising? Did you say advertising? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he was like, is Amazon has figured for? out that people like this product and they buy it. So Amazon's been promoting it because they went to sales. He goes, but we haven't really been doing that. And that's what we need. There you go. Mm. And get that product that works in front of new eyeballs. Why? So we can make more money. Yeah. Because that's okay. It's okay to send your kids to a better school because you've sold more records than being a starving artist and send them to public school. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean there's, it's like, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But anyway, guys, that's all I had to say about that. Are you open for business? What tweaks do you have to make to get that going and to start generating revenue? How are you going to do that? That's the question you need to ask. It's not with your music, probably. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not talking about the conversation that I had with the bar owner with, with Lonely Highway. There was zero conversations about the music. Yeah. They're like, they were no, like, well, they're really good though. They're really good though. And their <laughs> vocals are awesome. And we really love them. And uh, no, and they're such I, nice I guys. Not, yeah. And they're such nice guys. And, and they're from your hometown and, and you probably go to church with them. No, that wasn't the conversation. They don't care. I didn't. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, this is what we want for money. Mm -hmm. Okay. I can't do that at five bucks. Do it at 10. Okay. And Dan, if she didn't do it, and yep. we did it, everybody, everybody happy. But yeah, it wasn't about the product. We were not talking about the product. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's about the business behind the product. They weren't. They were rolling their eyes at the potty timer. But then the next questions were, "How much does it cost you to make these?" Yeah, and what do you sell it for? Oh, okay, okay. They don't care what it is, mm -hmm. right? So you got to detach yourself from that emotionally and put on that business hat when you're talking about how we're going to make money doing that. 
And when you start creating traffic and you start getting the art and, and the artists in front of new eyeballs and you're making regular video content, the, the money is going to come to you. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the streams are going to come to you. Okay, the streams are going to come to you and you'll make more money there as long as your paperwork's done right. <laughs> right yeah. I mean? But there you go. So that said, guys, uh, get your free download. 21 Biggest Reasons You Don't Have More Fans and How to Fix It at giftfromjohnny.com, J-O-H-N-N-Y, giftfromjohnny.com. And if you need a consult, we're open for consultations. We do charge for this, guys. The download's free. You just Tell us where to send it. We'll get it to you. But the consult, you can take at least an hour of my time. That's valuable. So we do charge for that. He's open but for business. It's granular. I'm open for business. I got a way to take your money. Okay. <laughs> I, I got value much I know. provide. That's right. I, I, I'm going to add value to that service and make sure that, that you walk away just going, okay, man, I learned something here. And now my head's spinning and I can't get started fast enough on making some changes that I need to do to move ahead. Just had one last night. Great consult. Second consult from somebody, actually. And he's doing it all. He's got it all dialed in. He's rocking and just needed some personal direction, right? Like, okay, I'm overthinking this. I'm getting my head in the clouds. I'm losing track of the direction. What am I missing here? Okay, here's what you're doing. Boom, 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 boom. It's like, man, that's what I needed. And by the way, just go do it. You need a little of that too. Just go do it. You know, you're content rich now. Go do it. Just go do it. Some of these are going to work. Some of them aren't. Let me save you the suspense. It's all good. It's all good. Just go keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. You're going to see a difference. And that's what he wanted to hear. So guys, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Join the Climb community. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you consume podcasts. Leave a rating and review because we want to read it on the air. And tell a friend about it. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.